Welcome to Dad Life 360, helping dads grow in faithfulness to God and their families. This is episode 21, and we are recapping chapter 10 of Point Man, titled, Telling Your Kids What You Don't Want to Tell Them. Let me ask you this, man. It's a quote from the book. It says, suppose your children come to you today and ask you about sex. Keeping in mind their age, what would you tell them? How would you tell them? What wouldn't you tell them? And why? Pretty good questions, and questions that very likely make our armpits sweat just thinking about it. That's why the chapter is titled Telling Your Kids What You Don't Want to Tell Them because there's a natural hesitancy that comes with talking to our kids about sex. And we got to get over that. And that's part of what this chapter outlines. If you don't have the book Point Man, uh, I encourage you to get it for this chapter alone. The way that Steve Farrar outlines this thing and the very personal experiences that he shares not only give you instruction on how to approach this topic, but they also give you a feel for what this is supposed to look like in relationship between a man and his kids, a father and his kids. So we're not just talking about the topic of addressing sex with our kids. We're talking about how to talk to our kids. How do we communicate with them about something other than um, their throwing motion, how many points they scored, the, the simple topics that dads tend to gravitate towards, sports, hard work, do what you're supposed to do, all those kinds of things. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But we need a more relational approach to our kids. They need to be able to talk to us about anything. And the deeper things that they're thinking about and the harder stuff that they're facing, they need to work through those things with us. Dad doesn't just need to represent a set of bullet points. Am I working hard? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And guys, that's part of our value. There's nothing wrong with setting goals for our kids and urging them towards those goals. But you and I got to remember what it was like when we were that age and the emotional distress that they're under and the and the peer pressure that they're facing and and none, none of that is more evident than when it comes to the the uh, the way that the world views sex and the very very much the confusion that is going on God's word brings clarity to those things and we need to be a vessel through which God's word flows to our kids so Proverbs 5 gives us a great example of this and Proverbs 5 not only gives us the teaching or or some teaching on the subject of sex as the, the scriptures uh, uh, address that in many different places. But Proverbs 5, by by the very nature of who is talking and who he's talking to, gives us an example that um, Solomon wanted his kids to know about the dangers of sex outside of its rightful place and also the joys of, of sex and the gift of sex inside of marriage. And so I, if you haven't looked at Proverbs 5, I encourage you to do that. Do it for yourself. Uh, and do it as a guide for how am I going to talk to my kids about this? What are we trying to warn them about? And then what are, what are we trying to admonish them towards? We don't just want to sit down with our kids and go, sex is bad, don't do it. We want to talk about it because we're Christians and because we know God as creator and that God gave sex as a gift. We want to talk, about, talk to them about a place where this can and should and does happen for the glory of God. And so obviously, man, the Christian sex ethic is in opposition to the world. Maybe the most evident place right now that you can just clearly see that we are on different pages than what the world's agenda is. And so we're talking about keeping what is uh, God-glorifying sex is sex that happens inside of a marriage between a man and a woman committed together for life. And outside of that, that there is going to be uh, danger and, and uh, it does not glorify God. God's uh, loving hand of discipline will be upon you. It is a sin, all right? So fellowship with God is uh, done damage in that way. And so I, I, I gave an example to the guys I met with on Tuesday mornings. We were discussing this topic. This doesn't come from 
Steve Farrar's book, although there are many good examples in there, but this is something I shared with students years ago. And it's been shared by many other pastors, preachers, teachers, and parents that sex is like the fire in the fireplace of your home. You know, when you go to design a house and build a home, many times the first thing people want to think about is where am I going to put the fireplace? Because the fireplace is kind of a, a focal point of the room. It, uh, it, it represents um, warmth. It's a place to gather around. It is beautiful. It is a blessing. It is a, a great blessing to a home. But if you take that same fire that is in that fireplace and you put it on your couch, then you need to vacate those premises. You need to get out of that house. And you're going to need to call some emergency personnel to come and surround and drown your home because it is on fire. All right. So the fire in the fireplace is a really good thing. The fire on the couch is going to be a bad thing. And so that is a, a picture of the way that we can address the issue of sex. It has its rightful place. It is beautiful. It is a great thing. It is a blessing. And so when you talk to your kids in that way or talk to anyone in that way, God's word helps us make sense of so much of the carnage that we see surrounding sex outside of its rightful place in marriage. The world and the flesh and the devil are going to try to tell you it's no big deal. It's just something to be done. Do it however you want to. Follow your heart. Whatever they're saying in, in that capacity. But you and I, if you just look around at the world it, with sober eyes and go, how's that working out for us? Are we Is it really? You know, I told the guys on Tuesday, Jerry Springer made a uh, an entire show out of putting people on a stage and then finding out that someone has been sexually unfaithful to them and then just us just getting to watch and see what happens when somebody is deeply hurt in that way. And the and it's obvious. You need that big, bald security guy to stand in between the people. Some of y'all listening to this have no idea who Jerry Springer is, and that is a good thing. Praise God that you never had to be subject to that. But that's what happened in that because it's, it's, it is a big deal and it is hurtful outside of its rightful place. But sex is a good thing, and our kids need to know both sides of that. And and dads, it's uh, we're the, we're the we're to be the uh, the heads of the household, the servant leaders in our house, and so the responsibility is on us. Now, you know, uh, one of the things that that Steve Farrar pointed out is that typically it's going to be the man who talks to the to the boys, and it's going to be mom who talks to the girls. However, men, you and I need to be there for our wives and, and to be able to coach them up just like they coach us up on so many emotional things. We need to be able to help them and, and urge them to get into those conversations with our daughters as well. This is not just a father-son thing for sure. So I want to share with you just a, a, a few things that Steve Farrar shared with us. He said that there are, there are um, a lot of people out there who want to talk to our kids about sex and we need to get to our kids first. We need to, to give them the framework for how they think about sex before the world and and their peers begin to build that framework for them. Now, admittedly, that's that's very difficult. And, men, I don't know what, I, I can't tell you what age uh, you need to have these conversations with, their ki with your kids. But I will tell you, I think it gets a little bit younger each and every year. And I will definitely tell you, if you've set your kid free with an iPhone um, for an extended amount of time with no guidance whatsoever, they very likely know more about sex than you do if you're not that tech savvy. And so we need to do it early and, um, and we need to do it in a, in a particular way. I've already said that it's a man's responsibility to teach his kids about sex. And, and that was one of the things that Steve Farrar emphasized. And um, he also gave these outlines for, gave an outline for how to, how to navigate some of these things. And, and uh, he, he said, he said one thing was, he says, small questions deserve small answers. He gave this example of a boy asking his dad, hey, dad, where do we come from? And so the dad says, well, he starts going into the whole thing. You know, when a mom and a dad love each other very much and they're married and blah, 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 blah. And, they, 
And then the kid's sitting there with a confused look, and he said, yeah, you know, a kid down the street told me he's from Cleveland. I just want to know where I'm from. And so if it's a simple question, answer it with a simple answer and don't overshoot it when you don't have to. He also said big questions deserve big answers. So you and I need to be able to have a pulse. But when our kids has got something heavy on their heart, and we need to stop and take the time and talk to them and help sort through these kinds of things with them, especially in regards to sex. He also said frank questions deserve frank answers. That means get to the point. Say what you need to say. Uh, be honest with them. Don't, don't try to skirt the issue. Tell them the truth. He said be casual and natural. Now, this could anything be more difficult than being casual and natural when it comes to talking to our kids about sex? That's a pretty tall order. Some of the guys that I, that I talked with on Tuesday, we kind of shared around the room about some ways that we might approach being casual and natural. One of the things that, that came up was being in a situation where it's not just, you're not just sitting across the table from your, your son and, or, or your wife's not sitting across the table from your daughter going, okay, it's time for the talk. Now sit down, listen, listen here. Here's what you need to know about sex. But rather uh, in a setting where they might feel a little more comfortable. One of the things I recommend it is if you live in Gunner, Texas, that's where I am. For those of you who might be listening outside, you know, here in Gunner, Texas, I do not know a kid that will turn down a trip to Sonic. I don't know what it is about high fructose corn syrup and carbonated water and then whatever flavors they can add in there. But if you say we're going to go to Sonic, we're going to get something to drink, they'll jump in the car, they'll jump in the truck, they'll say, let's go, let's get it. And so if you just put a windshield in front of you and you start talking to your kids about sex, it's so much, a windshield in front of you and then a, a, a big drink that they can sit there and move the straw up and down and, you know, just kind of fidget or whatever they want to do. You put that windshield in front of you and that drink in their hands and you look ahead and don't just stare at them. It's going to make things so much more casual and so much more natural. Man, I'd recommend that you start taking those trips to Sonic right now or whatever the case may be, that you find some avenue that makes for a natural place for conversation. For me and my kids, another place for that to happen is on the bank somewhere fishing or in a boat somewhere fishing. If we can start fishing, then all I can learn all kinds of things about them. If they got a line to cast, if they, another guy's talked about uh, going hunting. That's another thing. If you got, you got the deer woods or you got something that you go to and they're just natural places for you to feel more comfortable to talk about things. I think disconnecting from daily life a little bit, you know, if you, um, me and my oldest son, when he was little, we used to do a lot of camping and fishing together. So that made even more extended time. We used to go to um, the Texas High School Boys State Tournament, and I would strategically think, I'm going to talk to my son about these subjects on the way down to Austin. Now it's in San Antonio, back then it's in Austin. On the way down to Austin, I'm going to I'm gonna bring up this subject, and we're going to unpack it. And, you know, we're stopping at gas stations. We're getting stuff the whole time. It's not like, you know, it, it, it's natural. It just feels a, a, a little bit easier to ease into those conversations when you're on a trip. And it also, I, you know, we talked about having time to unpack it, not just like, okay, kids, you know, I just got off from work and I've got, I've got work I got to get to before bedtime. It's 630. We're going to talk about sex between 630 and 730. Man, I know that we're typically structured. I know that we have to be careful with our time. So block off some time. The golf course would be another place where you could do this. If you're, if you're a golfer, take your kid out golfing with you. And then as you're just kind of, you know, going, going from place to place and enjoying the day, you just kind of breach the subject and, and talk about it. Um, one man in there, I thought he gave a good word of encouragement. He said, if they just give short answers and they don't want to talk about it, don't get mad. You know, don't push on them or anything like that. Just, just kind of planting seeds and, and man, we want to be, it's that spirit of gentleness. 
you know, and, and the love of a father in these types of conversations. So we also talked about leveraging teachable moments. That comes from Steve Farrar's literature, that when the subject comes up from another place it, where it's not necessarily them having to come to you or you having to go to them, but an incident happens or something that everybody kind of knows about in the news. Or, you know, I talked about, I haven't done this yet, but I talked about the other night, I, I had to quit watching a show because they use language that was so vulgar. I said, we're not, we're just not going to watch this. Now, what I could do, it's just been the last few days, what I could do is circle back and say, let me tell you why that language is so vulgar. Why do you think that people would use this as a curse word? What the world uses as a curse word, God says in its context is a beautiful thing. Now, you and I, I can tell my kids, you and I think differently about this than the world does. And so we think, we see sex as a gift from God as beautiful and not something to be used as a nasty curse word on a show, on a movie, or when I mash my thumb, I'm bust out the F word, right? So I can use that. I can make that a teachable moment. And you can look for those kinds of things too. Um, use the right terms without embarrassment. This may take some practice for some of us to be able to say the words out loud. I'll be honest, I'm not going to say them on this podcast because I'm embarrassed. So I need to be able to say them and, and say what is what and be able to express that in conversation with my kids. Also consider your child's age. Make it age appropriate. Again, I don't have specific guidelines for that. You got to know your context and you got to know your kid and you got to know what they're subject to and you got to know the times. It changes. It's much different than it, than it used to be. And let them know that they can ask you anything and that they'll get a straightforward answer. You know, this don't take my advice on this part of it, but I'll tell you all something that, I, that has happened in our home. If somebody puts on some kind of uh, outfit or something that's ugly and they ask me if it's ugly, I'm like, yeah, that's ugly. Don't That don't go together. You need to go get something else. Now, obviously, I'm not the fashion guru, but they know I'm going to tell them the truth. Uh, if they didn't play a great game or something, I'm not going to say great game. I'm just going to say, hey, I'm, I love watching you play or something like that. What can I do better? I'll tell you what you can do better. I'm trying to be honest with them so that when something comes up, they don't think I'm lying to them in another context. If I say that's great, you're right on, then they're going to know that's exactly what I think. And so we need to create a culture between us and our kids that lets them know that they can ask us stuff, that they can approach us about anything. And there's all kinds of thoughts going through their heads and all kinds of questions that they have. And they can't ask their peers because their peers are going to make fun of them. Um, and they can't go searching the internet because the internet and the world's going to lie to them. They need us. It's great to be needed. It's great to be needed, man. So let me ask you this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up. First, I'm going to tell you, go to Proverbs 5 and read that for yourself, man. Do it with a pen in your hand. Underline things. Circle things. Do some good observation. Kind of break down the outline of what, uh, what the author is doing and then think, this is what a dad is doing for his son and he's teaching him these things and I need to do the same thing for my kids or ensure that they're done for my kids. So let me ask you again, the question I ask you at the top of this podcast. Suppose your children came up to you today and asked you about sex. Keeping in mind their age, what would you tell them? How would you tell them? What wouldn't you tell them and why? Steve Farrar talked about Winston Churchill and how Winston Churchill was famous for these impromptu speeches that in fact were not really so impromptu at all. They looked impromptu, but he was prepared and he would think about these things when nobody was around so when the time came, he could share them. And that's what we need to do for our kids in regards to sex and in regards to other topics regarding sin and our faith and theology and all these kinds of things. We got thought space that we need to devote to our kids and training and teaching them. Men, quite frankly, we're devoting the, our thought space to stuff that really doesn't matter. 
and we need to we need to be prepared to talk to our kids about important issues and point them to the Lord Jesus Christ and point them to the Word of God. So I'm going to pray for you, and we'll wrap it up. Father in heaven, I thank you for these men, and I thank you for the time that I've been able to share with them on this podcast. Thank you for Steve Farrar's book. God, I thank you for the gift that is sexual intimacy. I thank you for teaching us how it is supposed to be God glorifying, how it's supposed to be conducted, and how it's not, and how warning us about those dangers. God, I pray that you would have us be clear on those things for ourselves, that we could help our kids to be clear on them as well. Lord, we love you, and we need you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.